Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Frickinson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I'm shaking my boots because any day now I'm going to introduce you to my friends and I just don't know how they're going to think of you. <laughs> I'm the new girl. No, the I'm new too girl. young. Yeah, you're Everybody's too young. Like, oh. yeah. I can't I mean, bring her anywhere. The shoe, the shoe fits. Like you're how you're two or three years younger than me. Yeah, I turned thirty one in a few short months. Yeah, so uh, you would be the the younger girl in our yeah. group. Um, you'll have to hear all these embarrassing stories from my college days, which is <laughs> not that embarrassing. And I got to tell you, I am nowhere near the number that Gretchen and her friends have reached to. Yeah, this was very funny. I would love to say that I did, but I've also been dating the same person for galaxies. So, but yeah, like Gretchen and her friends, like they're fun girls. Um, Yeah, this was like super weird to me that like, I don't know. I feel like if I had a, a boyfriend that was like under 21 and I was over 21 I would just kind of be like, okay, let's go do something that like you're not going to get like carded for, you know, like it no was just way. I guess not they're going to a concert, no but not if no way. If you were 21 years old, that's all you want to do is like go out. And there's yeah. no way that I remember when we were 21, we were always or younger, always trying to find the bars that didn't card or like they didn't really care. And that's just like what we did. Yeah. So there's no way. Like it totally tracks to me that Gretchen and her friends would be like, yeah, Dawson, you can come in. It's no big deal. Like we'll figure out a way because that's totally what we did at times. We were just like, oh, we'll just like figure it out. More so not with boys, yeah. but more so when some of my friends were over 21 and some of our friends were under 21 we would always just like finagle oh, way yeah. to get our other friends into the bar yeah when i turned 21 for my 21st birthday i really wanted to go to like this really fun bar 
But my best friend at the time, who was the youngest of our group, was not yet 21. And you're a July birthday, so you're pretty young, too. Like, you know, me and my two friends was a December and a January and me being a March birthday. So we were, like, pretty early. But then, like, the youngins that were born in the summer, like, they couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, so my birthday's in August and her birthday was in October. So it was, like, it was really annoying. So we tried... Well, we tried to go into the bar and I didn't know that. I guess I just thought they would like stamp her hand like they do with Dawson here, you know, like they wouldn't or like give her a wristband or something or give the wristbands to the 21 year olds. I don't know. But anyway, they didn't let her in. And so we ended up, you know, where I went for my 21st birthday to have my first like legal alcoholic beverage. I guarantee you it's equally as lame as mine. But go forward. Applebee's. TGI Fridays. (laughs) Well, okay, but like I was saying, like, so I, my birthday was in March. I only had a few friends that had birthdays before mine. And then it's like Jillian, who's like my best friend, is a July birthday. My friend Annie was a September birthday. So it's like if I want to hang out with my best friends, then I have to go to the lamest place possible so that everybody can go celebrate my 18th birthday with me. Yeah. Or my 21st birthday, rather. My 21st birthday. So sad. My 18th birthday, we went to a. (laughs) We went to an 18 and older comedy club. And we I turned 18 uh, on my 18th birthday, of course. And I ordered, gosh, uh, a pina colada. And oh my God, why did I do this? They delivered the pina colada. They didn't card me. It had alcohol in it. And then my lame ass was like. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry, but this has alcohol in it. I just wanted a version. Oh, my God. You should have just drank it. <laughs> oh, but my God. Like, that's amazing. I, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I already felt like a fucking badass that day because I got a piercing and I bought my lottery ticket and I got a tattoo and I went to this 18 and over comedy club. And then I guess the fucking pina colada was one step too far. Yeah. You're like, this is too much. They're going to yell at me. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> no. Over the edge. Now, why would I just not drink the pina colada? It couldn't have been that. I mean, you wouldn't have been drunk. Girl, girl, I would have. I It had to be strong because it's rum. And, like, rum mixes well with those, like, tropical beverages. So that yeah. drink was probably really freaking strong. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, we're talking uh, hopeless. I love the name of <laughs> I know I didn't think about it until you were like it reminds me of Hamilton and now every single time I think of the word hopeless I'm like boy you got me helpless yeah you got me hopeless (laughs) looking in your eyes and the disguise of lemon I'm hopeless yeah yeah you don't want to hear me sing Hamilton I did not make those auditions did not get called back Um, so yeah, let's, let's break it down. Cause this episode is like, I don't know. It feels kind of strange to me. Like there's, there's some weird stuff going on. <laughs> um, of course we got to start off at Larry's fresh fish and yeah. Gretchen is spending her valuable work time talking to one of her friends on the phone behind the bar. Okay. Yeah. Now call me an old bitch, but I kind of understood why Gail was a little pissed off at Gretchen for making personal calls. Um, oh, yeah. On her work thing. The only thing is, is that she's yelling at Gretchen for not getting the wine 
uh, yeah. that she was supposed to be getting. Uh, but the thing is, is that she had sent Dawson to go get the case yeah. of wine. So she did her job. It's not like she didn't do her job, but she is making personal phone calls uh, to her friends, telling them about Dawson, her Gail's son. Um, yeah. So. I don't like I guess I don't blame Gail for like being upset with Gretchen but I also don't think she handles it very well um, because like Gretchen says it's a Friday night it's really busy um, they've already gone through 10 bottles of it and she's like that means you're doing great like you know she doesn't say I feel like if I'm Gretchen I'm like oh Dawson's in the back grabbing it right now like I'm not letting Gail yell at me without telling her what's going on um, yeah but yeah. Gail's just like, you know, maybe if you weren't taking personal calls, you'd have time to get the other case. I mean, and there we've all Dawson. gotten that critique at work. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, and, of course, Gretchen is just like, um, okay, so is your mom, like, edgy at home? Or is there something about me specifically now that we're, like, dating? And Dawson's just like, well, like, your my mom loves you. Which I feel like we haven't necessarily seen. I mean, we've seen like a little bit of evidence when she hired her. But since then, there really hasn't been a ton of like Gretchen over for at the Leary household for dinner or anything moments, you know? Yeah. Now, I want to say that um, you, I think that it's a fair call for Gretchen to make. Thinking back on how Gail was so close to Joey, one of Dawson's girlfriends, how she was welcoming to Jen. I don't necessarily yeah. agree that she is as warm to Gretchen as she is a Joey or a Jen. Oh, of course, so, because she's just had so much more time with them. Well, and like, yeah, but also, and I think she might I, judge Gretchen's age. With, yeah, I don't you know. think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that Gail is as jazz that Dawson is dating Gretchen, an older girl. Yeah. As much as she was excited that, uh, you know, they, that Dawson was dating Joey right. or Jen. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And so uh, Dawson's just like, no, no, no. She just has hormones. She's like getting close to having, you know, having the kid, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and yeah, so Gretchen calls herself Mrs. Robinson. And I'm with Dawson. Like three years difference does not make her a Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> no. That's a bit hardly, ridiculous. Hardly. However, yeah. there, it, okay. And then like, I don't know who is doing this freaking math, but we know she's 21 and we know Dawson's 17. And then we're just pretending like that's three years. But I think they're saying fine. like he's about to turn he's 18. He's about to turn 18. Any so day now. In March. Yeah. And this is what? January, February. So right. he's right. about to turn um, and we can only hope to see as epic of a birthday party okay. as we did. Jessica Sterling, spoil me right now. Do we get to see Dawson's 18th birthday party? Right I honestly sure. do not remember, but I will be very disappointed if we don't. Okay. So, yeah, like, it's not a big deal. Three years is nothing. A lot of people date, you know, people that are just a few years yeah. younger. But in the world where you're 17 and your girlfriend is 21, that feels like a significant difference. However, the crazy thing is if when you're 54 and you're dating somebody that's or married to somebody that's 51, it's like a bunch of nothing. And that looks like that sounds exactly. like it looks like absolutely nothing. So yeah, there's no crazy. big deal at that point. Yeah. Um, and so Gretchen says like, listen, now that we've been dating for a few weeks, I think you need to meet my friends. 
Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, someday. <laughs> this is someday. And Gretchen just throws this on him. Like, what about tomorrow? My friends from college are going to be in town. They're going to see this band. And maybe we'd go with them. Yeah. Uh, I think and- it's interesting that Dawson is nervous about this. Because I feel like old Dawson would be, like, gung-ho about this. But this is a Dawson that has been burned by love and is a little yeah. bit more jaded in that department where he used to be very naive. So he's, like, a, a little hesitant. Well, and when he was dating Joey and Jen, they had the same friend group. It right. wasn't like they had to meet new people. New, and here, older, cool girls. Yes. And he's. I feel like he's already feeling the vibe of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm the dweeb. Like, I'm three years younger. Like, I'm going to seem so mature them um and so and she's just like yeah like you need to meet them they want they so they can get to know you uh and you can wow and impress them um and so she's like just you just have to be yourself you know they'll love you and so they kiss which is again awkward because then gail is standing right there and i'm like that's kind of inappropriate too to just be like you know, kissing at the, I don't yeah, know. I'm not supposed you know to be me. kissing at the workplace over yeah. somebody's drinks that you're making. I suppose it's not the greatest thing. Yeah. Um, and then, oh my God, I really can't like, honestly, Mrs. Valentine. I hate her more than I hate Yui. I think. Oh, 110%. She's the worst. Like, I feel like you would get like in so much trouble for doing half the shit she does. Oh yeah, she is an HR nightmare. Yes. Uh you we there the show is really 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 trying to make us feel sympathetic towards Yui. <laughs> It's like I feel like there has to be someone in the writers room who like every time they were conceding like new storylines for the season, someone would pipe up and be like, but what about Yui? Like, how can we insert him into the storyline? We're desperate to make people care and, you know, love Yui. But yeah, it's like Yui still skis bag, but his mom is still a skis bag and his mom is the worst is the worst. So she. Basically blackmails Joey and says, if you want to go on your senior trip, then you will double date with the president of the board's daughter and Yui, who is a complete freaking jerk to you. Yeah, this is so ridiculous because, yeah, Yui is going on a date with Anna Evans, who is the daughter of the president of the board. And apparently Mrs. Valentine is like so concerned about this. That even though she hates Joey and thinks Joey is a trash basket and stupid, <laughs> she's like, oh, you wouldn't know, Anna. She's your age, but she goes to, like, such a better school than you know. <laughs> it's yeah, like your gonna... fucking son goes to the same school Joey goes to. <laughs> what are you talking about, you fucking ass? I, it did make me cackle, I'm not going to lie. She's when she so ridiculous. Like, I just was like, you're such a freaking jerk. Yeah. Um, do you and think it's, it's because... I Go ahead. Sorry. Do you think it's because she likes Pacey? Like she. That's Valentine what I don't understand. And yeah, she, because she's less, she calls Joey and Pacey the perfect couple. None of this makes sense. Like if you hate Joey and think she's white trash, yeah. why are you trying to like maybe I think you're right. Maybe it is Pacey because she has maybe she. OK, Maybe I think I got it. You remember the big party that yes. Joey had to attend with Pacey? Maybe she was like watching from afar and was like, oh, Pacey is very charismatic. Yes. He can schmooze yes. the Richie Richertons. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of the read that I got that yeah. she likes Pacey. She knows that Pacey has a 
What is it? A golden tongue? Is that the expression? I think so. If it so. is, I feel like we need to end that expression. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's weird sounding, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, maybe. A silver tongue. A silver tongue. Is that better? No, it's not. But I'm pretty sure that's the phrase. <laughs> Why would you say silver and not gold? Uh, gold is better. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. It is silver tongue. Yeah. Huh. But Weird. why not gold? Why silver? We'll never know. We're not meant to know. We're not. We're meant not to meant know. to know, and we won't look it up because that's not what this podcast I, is. I'm kind of looking it up. Oh, okay. What is it then? No, What's I don't know yet. I, oh, okay. I don't have enough. I don't have enough time for research. Not enough evidence. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then this this is what gets me right. It's not just that she's like, okay, you need to go on a double date with my son and some rando girl that is like super fancy. Um, but if she doesn't have a good time, even though you're not the one dating her, um, you're not going to get the days off. You're in fact, I'm going to make you work Friday and Saturday shifts for the rest of the year, which like report her report her to everybody. I feel like this is like an easier ask, though, than if she was like she if she if Miss Valentine was like at the end of this date, she better be in love with my son or my son better be in love with her. That's an impossible ask. Yeah. I think just simply asking Joey, like, please make sure she has a good time is an easier accomplishment. Of course it is. But this is Mrs. Valentine. And she is just like has like such high expectations of like, oh, she better have a good time. Like, even though you're not the one dating uh, dating Yui. her, you know, you got to yeah. make sure she has a great time. Right. Um. And so and so, yeah, so. Uh, Joey agrees like I was kind of like Joey you need to push back on this a little bit but Joey immediately is like okay yeah sure whatever lady she agrees to it um and then we're at Mr. Brooks's house and they're finishing up this movie um and uh and yeah and so like their I their relationship I feel like is so interesting and how it has evolved yeah over their time together because obviously in the very beginning he was crotchety old fuck we all said it and slowly but surely he has warmed up to Dawson and I think he trusts his um, actual talent way more because he says like, oh, how come you chose this clip? And Dawson says you were more concise and he's like, ah, oh, whatever you like best. They're both fine. So either yeah. he stopped giving an F because he's about to die or he's just like actually believes that Dawson knows what's best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that they... Their relationship is really interesting. It certainly has evolved. I think it's because um, Dawson himself has evolved this season and the last season as being mature. And I think that he has strengthened uh, as a filmmaker underneath Mr. Brooks's guidance and mentorship. So it's really fun. Now I think that they have like a mentor mentee relationship, but right. also like a grandfather grandson relationship. Yes. And uh, this is when so then Grams comes over with a tray and she's like, oh, you need a break. And Dawson's like, oh, I have lunch plans. Like, oh, I'm going to go like head out. And Grams is like, I'll go get the bottle of Percocet. And it's so interesting because last we saw like both Mr. Brooks and Grams knew like, you know, about Mm -hmm. his illness. And Mr. Brooks knew Grams knew, but like they weren't saying it to each other. And now Grams is to the point where she's like caring for Mr. Brooks. She's bringing him his pills. She's taking care of him, you know? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how many creek, creek, uh, creep, creek weeks. We used to be able to say that so quickly. Creek weeks? Creek weeks have passed, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that some have. And I think that he's kind of at a different point with his health than he has been. And yeah, Grams is taking care of him. Well, and making sure I would say it's been a few weeks, right? Because yeah. we know Gretchen and Dawson have been dating for a few weeks. Sure. So probably it's been a couple of weeks yeah. here or like maybe one or two. Yeah, but yeah, is, um, it's very quick transformation there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I need to talk to you about this mysterious paper that Mr. Brooks had asked Dawson to sign. Yeah. This is major red flags for me because Dawson did not read what this paper was and, and and Mr. Brooks was being so sus about it too yeah what do you think this paper could be did it I have a feeling because he okay, I so know Mr. what it is so oh, you should okay. yeah you can guess okay so I Mr. Brooks part. claims that this paper allows Dawson to pick up his medications for him this is what it that he claims it is right I'm very concerned that this is a sign off that Mr. Brooks has accepted that he won't take his medications anymore like a DNR type of thing type of thing okay I'm his- worried that always read the contract Dawson like you didn't read this giant paper with like well, because Mr. Brooks was like, oh, it's just gobbledygook. It's legally is like just Th- sign it, sign it, sign it. Hurry. Dawson in trouble. Like whatever this is, like I feel really icky about it. And I'm very nervous yeah. about it. I guess what I got like hung up on is I, I and again, I don't know what the laws were back then, back in the 90s or like I don't even know necessarily what they are now, but usually like. If someone's going to be doing this for you, like picking up your pills, whatever, it sounds more like a medical proxy, if that uh-huh. makes sense. Yes, like yes. they but get to make a, the decisions for you. Can't do that. Now, the other thing that I did think of was something a little bit less dire. Could it be some sort of will situation? The Could only it- thing I have a question about is, and maybe I'm wrong and I just don't know the laws, is like he's still under, he was still a minor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how does that work? Like, doesn't Don't his know. parents have to be involved? And yeah. I'm not saying, I'm saying in general, blanket statement in signing this contract, yep. he's a minor. Does he not need his parents yeah. there? No, he, absolutely he does. But I don't yeah. know. Mr. Brooks doesn't give a crap about laws. No. Um, but yeah, or could it be, like I said, like some sort of a will situation or he passes down like grant money to Dawson for to further his film career he has this big old grand house with no heirs like yeah that have something to do with it so those are my two guesses now i also want to know who gets mr brooks's gateway computer laptop with the uh with the cow logo on yes remember back in the day oh that's what i need to know like who gets passed down the cow logo also, there's a very fine swan statue in the back of his home, and I want to know who gets that as well. So there's a lot of questions uh, yeah. in this. Who gets what in this will? Because uh, I am begging to know, but I don't like any of this. He pockets his pills. He's not taking his pills. He says that, yeah. you know, we know that he says that doesn't make him feel like himself. Yeah, it's and it, there's a lot of suspicious things happening, right? So he hides this document from Grams for one, like you said, and then Grams comes back as Dawson leaves and Grams says that his nursing agency called because you remember there was that woman who was like telling that's how Dawson found out Mr. Brooks was sick was the woman was like, oh, you're working him so hard, blah, blah, blah. 
And so she says the nursing agency called. They haven't received a check for the next month. Hmm. And so this is like super sus. Oh, and for like the next month. Yeah. Okay. So like he knew that he wasn't going to so, need it. So dark. And I, it's, they I brush right over it in the episode, I feel like. But it I, is very dark. I don't know like how much we can talk about euthanasia. And I don't really want to get into like my political thoughts on it but for Dawson's Creek to touch on this is pretty crazy yeah I mean we've talked about this in the past in terms of Dawson's Creek being willing to touch on subjects that maybe other shows wouldn't right and then being willing to like put themselves out on a limb um like for example Jack and gosh what was his Ethan having like the first gay kiss on television you know what I mean like that type of thing Mm -hmm. they're willing to push the envelope I mean we talked about obviously season two and Andy that being so different to see on our television screens in the Mm -hmm. 90s and how um it was like the first of its time right and so obviously this is not this hasn't been an ongoing storyline like his illness has we knew he was sick we actually get confirmation on what he is sick with I think this is the first time I don't believe they had told us in previous I I missed it I believe it was pancreatic cancer but they will say it so we'll get to it at some point they said it in this episode they said it in this episode wow I totally missed that but they hadn't said it previously and so I guess my point being is that like this isn't like an Andy situation where we're spending the whole season talking about uh, doctor assisted suicide basically is what I would kind of refer yeah, to medical it's, it's medical assisted suicide medical assisted suicide. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they don't spend like episodes and episodes um, philosophize philosophizing. That's not a word. Philosophize. Huh. <laughs> I'm just making up so many words, huh. but you know what I mean. They don't, they don't spend all these episodes. Uh, like they're not about trying to topic. make like a political statement on this, right? They, it's in a single episode, and it's kind of like blinking, you miss it, right? And so but I um, know the social implications, yeah. and like the there's a there's a very very opinionated, polarizing views on this and it's just crazy that this little 90s show is at least lightly touching on this subject yeah and so at this point in time mr brooks is keeping up with the ruse and he says oh i sent it that damn post office enough (laughs) to make anybody sick and then we see him take the pills very shoddy sometimes we all know yeah (laughs) um but he doesn't take the pills he instead he hides them in his pocket and so we know i mean this is all very much foreshadowing right like he didn't call the nursing agency he didn't send the money and he's pocketing his pills um so you know signs of what's to come later in the episode um but we'll get into like a little bit more of that later because for now we gotta go back to pacey and gretchen's place uh where the show really wants us to despise Pacey in season four like they're doing a great job at making me dislike him I gotta be honest Mm, I thought this how he talks to the girl I thought that he did a pretty good job but how he talks to his sister is uh he's you know critiquing her outfit which is incredibly a tame outfit he's she's wearing and the thing is it doesn't matter right like if this is a typical 90s move where girl comes out teenager uh, comes out of room it's 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 something that like a dad would do or your brother i don't think it's anything that's out of whack i think that people still probably would do that today like i just don't know that you would see it as much on television okay i will say if that was a boy if dawson said to gretchen like you're gonna wear that out Totally 100% agree with you. 
as a brother. You um, think this is still going on I, in TV now? I think it's still going on in life now. I think that if you're. Oh, it's going on in life 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying like, but like, I don't think it's like totally like left to center for a brother to be like, ooh, like you're like showing your midriff like when you're going out tonight. Like, I guess that's fair, but like it doesn't make me like it anymore. <laughs> well, because you're on the opposite end of it. No girl is saying like, oh, like you're going to show off like whatever tonight. Like it's I just thing think that only like girls are told to wear or not to wear. But well, because yeah, because it, it it's it's one tiny thing in a whole heap of problems of like, OK, when a woman shows off certain body parts then people believe she's asking for it and it's her fault and it's like oh it's like it goes back to when I was in like middle school and you couldn't wear those like juicy couture sweatpants with juicy on the butt because oh my god a guy might stare at my butt what and it's like women are blamed for uh, men not being able to hand control themselves and it's completely unfair and that's what I'm saying like my 2022 perspective on this is getting annoyed with Pacey because he's just like that's not a going out of the house album outfit that's an under that's a bottom layer and like you said it's a very t- it's a sweater that is showing what two inches okay. of I midriff will, I will say this is why I'll say it I will go further and say this is uh the 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 clothing industry's fault because the inseam of these pants the distance between the hoo-ha and the top of the pant is like two inches. So oh, yeah. her belly button's not showing because her her freaking shirt is long enough, but her pants are low enough that literally, like, it's her, it's under her belly button is where the mattress is showing because the pants are so low. And then you have to think about back then when you're, when back in 2001 and worry about your freaking butt crack showing and then blaming yourself because you yes. think you have a big butt. No, the fucking pants had no room. There was because no Because it was pants. low rise, baby. Low rise and of the all, time. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. And then it's, it's I both, remember, right? It can, I, it can be well, both. Yeah, of I just like, remember one more thing. Ball. One more thing. I remember mm-hmm. wearing so much in my youth about muffin tops. Guess what? Oh. If you wear a pant that doesn't once again have two inches from the hoo-ha to the top of the pant, then you don't get muffin tops. Yeah. But and I do was you think, worrying constantly about muffin tops. Oh, you're tops. constantly pulling your pants up. Yes. So much so that, like, where, you know, like when denim jeans have, like, the belt loops, you that would, they like, would break. rip them because you're constantly pulling them up. Yeah, this is the thing. It's the like, industry you, failed us. We did not fail the industry. I, I agree with you. But I also think that Pacey shouldn't be critiquing his older sibling's outfit in this way either. Because well, he says not to talk because his fucking shirt is bullshit in this scene. <laughs> I, what was he wearing? Is he wearing okay, a Hawaiian he's shirt? He's wearing like he wearing? another fucking Hawaiian type shirt. I knew it. But like in sizing. But the pattern is not Hawaiian. It has like circles and swoops and lines and it's blue mm-hmm. and it's ugly and it looks like cells and like placebas or whatever. Yeah. It's the ugliest shit ever. Pacey has not been able to dress well ever in this entire series. So I would not take fashion advice from fucking Pacey. Even and then he's wearing a long sleeve green shirt underneath. Ugly. Oh, that ugly, was a terrible. Thing. That was a thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And so he's just like, oh, you sh- a sweater is supposed to be like super big and baggy and shapeless. And mm-hmm. Gretchen is like, this isn't even a date. It's a group activity. What are you doing here anyway? And so he's just like, oh, I'm going. You know, he talks about going out on the double date or whatever. 
Um, and then this is like it gets weird, right? The conversation turns where he says that uh, he says, "Oh, very long hours, very few rewards," which is kind of a dick thing to say as a boyfriend, anyway. Um, and then she says, "Oh, true love waits," and Pacey says, "And waits and waits." Aww. To what Gretchen says, which Gretchen says is something up. And he says, no, nothing's up, nothing's up. Um, and then obviously she has to leave. So how do you, what did you think of Pacey saying? Like, I mean, obviously we know what he's talking about. So what did you think of Pacey insinuating to his sister that like, I'm, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting? I mean, the modern woman is not going to like what I say. But um, I don't know. They've been dating for a long time. Joey knows that you know, knows that she wants Pacey. Um, okay. Before I say anything too damning, I will say that these two, what they need to do first and foremost is talk about their status. Probably if I was them once a week or every once every two weeks to say, where are we? How are we feeling on this? When do you think that we'll be ready to do it? Because, I don't think it's unreasonable for Pacey, who has already had sex with two different people, to be wanting to have sex again, especially at his age. I also don't think it's unreasonable for Joey to still not be ready. What I do think is unreasonable is that these two idiots don't talk to them to each other. So we don't they don't know right. how they feel about the situation. Yeah, I, I was going to come out and say I don't think it's wrong of Pacey. I don't necessarily like the way he phrases it. But he's frustrated. He's sexually frustrated. He's, he's, he's sexually frustrated. frustrated. And he's but like, I he's not talking to her and he doesn't know what he doesn't even know if she wants him. And that's the problem because they don't talk. So he right. doesn't even know why, what her hesitation is. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's the, that's the biggest issue of all of this is that these two are not talking to each other about, they literally say, oh, it's the elephant in the room. It's the thing that like we want to talk about, but we don't talk about. So that's where they're both at fault. It's, and then, you know, whatever. I mean, we'll get, we'll continue the conversation later when they're actually talking about it. But, um, he is frustrated because he just doesn't even he's in the dark about it all and now right. he could fucking ask her yeah that's he that's the other thing is right like we we'll talk about it later when they do bring it up with each other but i would be a little harsher on pacey knowing that he hasn't said anything to joey right but like i can't necessarily blame him because he's not it's different if he's saying this to Joey. It's different if he's like, gosh, you're making me wait and wait and wait. He's like bringing it up casually to his sister to maybe, maybe vent he a wants little bit. advice from his sister. Right. Maybe and I don't think. Give some insight from a female perspective about why yeah. Joey is being hesitant. And on top of that, um, given how delicately the, the conversation was handled later with Joey, I don't. I don't I'm not condemning PC in this moment because oh, maybe they had like a really some good advice. Yeah, a good mature conversation later. So um meanwhile, we have the saga of Toby being suddenly <gasps> obsessed with Jack. I don't understand this. Like he hated Jack the first time he met him. There's been no chemistry. There's been nothing to show us why Toby likes Jack. And that's my problem with the storyline. Uh yeah, I'm like super not into Toby quite yet. 
Uh, the, mm-hmm. the most interesting thing that came out of this scene is that uh, Jackers is a jogger. Who knew? And also, I think this is insinuating that Jackers still lives with his dad at the big house. Yeah. Yep. But because we haven't been back to his house, obviously, unfortunately, we haven't seen his dad because the actor passed away, which is very sad. So sad. Um, And but we haven't like seen the house recently, but we kind of see we see like these big pillars that that suggest that he still lives with his dad at home. Yeah. And um, and again, like it's also it's for me, it's the way Toby talks to Jack, because if they were friends and he were to talk to him like he does, I feel like it would make sense. But given that they're not friendly and they started off on the wrong foot, you have like Jack showing up. He's just getting done with a jog. And Toby's like, oh, I should have known you're the type that jogs. And Jack's like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, the country club family. You probably play tennis too, right? And he's like, no, I play golf. Why are you here? Like, they don't have that, like, teasing back and forth relationship. Yeah, and so I just Jack don't think it works. just like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just trying to do my life. I just like to play golf. Yeah. Like, why are you bashing me? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so Toby's just like, oh, listen, I've come to proposition you. And he's like, oh, it's a turn of phrase. So anyway, so he mentions I'm tutoring kids uh, with the Boston Inner City Reading Council. And we need someone who can, you know, someone can read who can help. And Jen told me you liked working with kids and you had that whole soccer thing. So what about this? And Jack is concerned. Uh, Obviously, this makes sense to me that he would be like, I don't know. I don't want a repeat of what happened with the soccer situation. And Toby assures him like, no, I'm gay. They know it. It's not an issue. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Um, I do like that Toby is trying to get him involved with the kid situation again. Obviously, somebody, either Jen or Jack, told Toby about the, oh, wait, he did. They found out about it at the club or whatever. At the, uh, well, he like shared it and like at the, at the meeting and Toby was like, oh, that happens to everybody. But so I do like that, you know, Jack likes kids and he's a great mentor towards kids. So Toby wants to give him another opportunity. That's nice. Could have been a phone call. We don't have to drop in. No, but Toby wanted to see Jack. We all know, even though we never saw any of this uh, flirtation or, you know, anyway, we didn't see it begin. Also, Toby's like, well, if you change your mind, we tutor them at the high school on weekend nights after seven. Why are children being tutored after 7 p.m. on a weekend? (laughs) What the fuck? This makes no sense to me. Children are in bed at 7 on a weekend. Late night study sesh. Put on the rave lights. (laughs) Like, it's so ridiculous to me. It doesn't make any sense. But I was like a young teenager. I don't know how old these kids are supposed to be. Like, it looked like middle school to me. I would be like... No, I'm not going to go studying at 7 o'clock on a Saturday. I have, what, like Minecraft to play or whatever fucking kids do of yeah. that age. What are we? Is it uh, Fallout Boys? No, that's a band. You mean Call of Duty? <laughs> no. What the fuck? What's that game? What's that game? Whatever. Fallout. Oh, Fallout. Yeah, that's a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! It's Fallout Boys. They're playing that pesky video <laughs> game console with the Fallout Boys. <laughs> oh, good God! 
Oh um, my God. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they're gonna he's gonna tutor after seven on a weekend, as if that makes sense. Uh, meanwhile, Joey and PC are doing their double date. Um, and, uh, and Pacey's like giving Joey a hard time and Joey's like, listen, don't you want me to go on the senior trip? You know, like you have to do this if you want me to, to go on the senior trip. Um, and he says, you know me, I want you on a boat, ski resort, parking lot. I'm not choosy. Like, I think he's already dropping it casually Mm -hmm. into the conversation, you know, like it's top of mind. It's like that thing when you're so obsessed with something and you can't stop thinking about it. So you'll bring it up in literally every conversation you have. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, um, and so, yeah. And Joey says, uh, Anna, whoever she is, has to have a good time. It doesn't matter how she registers on the overprivileged bitchometer, which is so great. Uh, she's like, you have to be nice. And he's just like, I, when am I never nice? You know, um, he's nice and- to girls that he doesn't know. Yeah. I will say that Anna meeting her is, in my opinion, does not scale on the bitchometer. I don't understand who Anna is. Like, she literally feels like toast, just like regular, <laughs> not even buttered, just a fucking bland ass piece of toast. Oh I think that Anna is supposed to be like a dumb blonde that is used to just being pretty and going out with boys and she puts her worth in her beauty and in the fact that guys like her and she doesn't have that much worth in herself otherwise. Um, and her interests are typical girly things like what, like makeup, like yeah. dates, gossiping, whatever. So I think that's yeah. what she's supposed to do, but she is aware of all these things and doesn't want people to like her just because of her looks or her money. She wants yeah. people to like her for her personality, but the issue is that uh, she barely has a personality. So Yes, that's the problem. We're like supposed to care about Anna or, or I guess – And we simply don't because the way we learn, the first thing we hear about her is that she's like, I don't understand why people are hunking their horns. Like, I don't like I don't know they're behind me. And so, of course, Yui is just like, that's because you're in the middle of an intersection looking at your eye makeup. And she's just like, well, it could have been smudged. And it's like, okay, we're not like we're already in the point where I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Anna. (laughs) I'm already at the point of where I'm like. Maybe Anna and I could probably hang out and have a no. good time. I'd be like, who gives a f- wait till you're fucking parked to look at your eye makeup no, lady. I, I mean, yeah, like totally. I yeah, but I've looked at it. And then she does like something where it's like where I before I watched the show also was confused about. I thought Pacey was the girl. I thought Joey was the boy. Yeah, no, she, this is a whole thing. And he's like, I told you a thousand times in the car, Anna. And Anna's like, wait, who's Potter? <laughs> well, it's confusing. I'm sure Yui. It's a last name. Why would you think Potter no, is a person? I think that Yui is like the type of person to like be like, oh, yeah, like Joey was over here. And then I told Potter that like she was like a bunch of bull, like whatever. Like, I think that Yui is the type of person to like switch in conversation between the two names. So it is confusing. That part is confusing. I just I don't know. I was already not really feeling Anna. Um, but Pacey's a gentleman. He opens the door for her. Nice. Uh, and Joey's like, oh, great. Like, she, like, smiles at him. Um, and their date has begun. The, d- <laughs> the double date from hell. 
Um, meanwhile, at Mr. Brooks's house, he's watching uh, the finished video um, on Dawson's laptop. And uh, and yeah, there's like uh, my passion for pictures is gone. And this is like from the video. Um, and yeah, and apparently it's a 93 minute film all about his life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Dawson is just like, oh, I thought maybe we could do some stuff about the Columbia years, move it along. And Mr. Brooks is like, no, it's done. Lock the picture, do your credits, run it for an audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Dawson's just, and we, I mean, now that we know how the episode ends, like it makes more sense. Um, but Dawson's like, couldn't we edit it? Like it might be better. And Mr. Brooks is just like, it could be better. It could be worse. It could be just different. Just like let it go you know it's done um you know what i wish i kind of wish that dawson was filming part of the editing process i think that would have been like a good final act oh like documentary style i thought that this was kind of what it was what it was um it's it's, yeah it is it's it's a documentary but it's not about the making of the film well no because like this is like mr brooks's current project so i feel like it should be in this story of his life. Oh, I see what you mean. No, yeah, I think they're going for like up to a point where he like retires or whatever, right? Uh, I don't like, know. Up to a point where he's like actually successful, you mean? Before he moves back to Cape Side? He's like, and then I yeah. went to Cape Side and like we don't have to talk about it. And that. then 40 years passed and then I died. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so he's like, okay, let's, let's go put you in the living room. And now we see like, he's in a wheelchair. So Dawson's like wheeling him and, uh, Mr. Brooks asks about Gretchen, um, which, uh, I love Dawson's callback. He's like, didn't you refer to her as the local dits? Like we all remember that happening. Um, but Mr. Brooks is like definitely turned a new leaf. Like he's being much kinder. Mm-hmm. And again, I think Knowing what we know now about Mr. Brooks's plans, I feel like it makes sense to me that he would want to, like, connect with Dawson more and, like, actually ask him about his girlfriend, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, this this tracks. Yeah. I agree. I think that he – I think he's really taking a liking to Dawson. He cares about her. And yeah. I think it makes sense that he wants to know more about her. Yeah, and um, and I think Mr. Brooks is like trying to give out some life advice because Dawson says, "Oh, we're just taking it easy." And Mr. Brooks says, "Don't take it too easy. You're still young enough to fall in and out of love a few more times before you get it right." Uh, and Dawson is just like, Dawson remembers what it feels like to get his heart broken, and he's just like, "That doesn't sound like fun." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, it isn't, and it is, and it isn't, but it's worth it every time." Which. I kind of love this advice. I know I was like very a staunch like Mr. Brooks hater in the beginning. Rightly so because he was a jerk. But I I do kind of love this advice of like, yeah, love sucks, but then it doesn't. And then it does again, but it's always worth it. And I just feel like I just like the way he so succinctly kind of puts that. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, this is where he says, because Dawson says someone's on a prophetic roll this evening. And Mr. Brooks says pancreatic cancer will make a profit out of anybody. So this is where he actually confirms what he's ill with for the first time, because we didn't know previously. We just heard he's ill. Um, And so, oh, my God, it's like my favorite moment of the whole episode um, where Mr. Brooks is like, oh, can you give me a hand getting out of the wheelchair? And so Dawson helps him up. And Mr. Brooks is kind of like leaning on him, like arms kind of around his back just for support to get into his chair. And 
uh, he just like hugs Dawson just like so tightly. Like I really love like no words were really exchanged during this. It wasn't talked about. It just happened. And I like so appreciate again season four Dawson is putting in the work like becoming such a great character of like he just lets it happen. He hugs him back like he knows like that Mr. Brooks needs that you know he needs that connection he hasn't he doesn't have children he doesn't have grandchildren um Dawson is like his family at this point mm-hmm. poor Mr. Brooks it's yeah. really sad because like the reason why he refuses to take the medicine is because he feels like he's like not himself when he does it and that you know he what do you what do you say he's like I'd rather have like dignity than like lose all my dignity yeah yeah he wants to die with dignity basically but he could have prolonged his life and it makes me makes me just sad that he like didn't take his medicine yeah i mean i think we'll get into it when we kind of get to that point i think it's tough the show doesn't go into a ton of detail in terms of his health in terms of what the pills were like the symptoms of the pills for him and how much they were going to prolong his life because uh, pancreatic cancer is really rough. Um, I've heard that it is one of those ones that is like you don't they don't usually find it quick enough. Um, and so and it's a it's a quick one. And um, and so with that all in mind, I feel like it's tough to judge any of Mr. Brooks's decisions when we don't have all of the facts in terms of what his lifespan looks like if he's on the medication slash not, and then um, what his life looks like on that medication in, in terms of how it's affecting him uh, physically, mentally, all of those things, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, I just I, I love this moment between them. I think the hug is beautiful. And Mr. Brooks, in the most Mr. Brooksian way ever, says, picture's not half bad. Like, that's his best compliment, you know? <laughs> uh, and not just because it's about me either. Uh, and he's, and Dawson says we should make another one sometime. And Mr. Brooks, obviously knowing they're not going to do that, says anytime kid, anytime. And it's just like, it's very sweet. Um, I don't, I think Dawson probably knows in his heart of hearts too, that like Mr. Brooks's health has seriously declined since he's known him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he must know that they're not going to have enough time to, to do another one. Yeah, absolutely. He's not, I mean, we make fun of Dawson, but he's not a complete moron. Um, so yeah, um, then it's it's date night. Are you ready for a date? <laughs> Big date night tonight. I mean, I love a date night. I love a date yeah. night. I'm super excited for the date night. Yeah. Uh, so Gretchen shows up with her friends, and uh, and I love they had to know he's like. 17 right they go in and the one of the friends is like oh this is a great house is it a rental like bitch he's 17 <laughs> you moron Absolutely. Uh, yeah. okay what, what's uh what's Gretchen's friends names like I'm, I don't want to call them dumb and dumber it's Kira and Jessica okay Kira and Jessica are are unique they are <laughs> I'm assuming that they're like her sorority sisters. Like that's what I'm assuming. Um, and yeah, she said they were in college together. So yeah, I kind of assumed the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I feel as though it's like oh, I don't know, t- very typical like sorority, like you know, stereotypical sorority like 
these girls are like just party girls, but they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. I got I, I can't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was just funny to me. And so then Gail walks and he's like, no, this is my parents' house. Uh, and so they're about to go to the show that starts at nine. And uh, it's up in Bingham Bay, which we don't know, like, how far away that is. Yeah. But Dawson says, it will be late. Like, I'll see you in the morning. And Gail's just like, I don't know. I don't know if I like you going to a club. Do they serve alcohol? And Dawson's like, yeah. The rest, they serve rest uh, alcohol at the restaurant, too, though. Like, why is that a problem? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, Dawson. But you know that it's different than that, right? Like, just because the restaurant you work at serves alcohol doesn't mean that you're necessarily allowed to go to a club. Um, but, uh, Gail's like freaking out. Like, she's just like, you're my son. I worry about you. You're going clubbing. Uh, and Dawson's like, no, we're just seeing a band. Like, that's it. And so she gives him a curfew and Dawson's just like, I've never had a curfew before, which I don't know, Sarah, like, do you recall if this is true or not? I can't, I'm trying to remember if yeah, I, I like, mean, yeah, I'm, there's no way he had a curfew. He would wander around the Creek at all hours of the night, just like in his boat. He would like hang out with Joey. God knows where he's never had a curfew before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, how do you feel about Gail's reaction to all of this? Cause she says like, cause she, Dawson's like, you humiliated me, but her defense is I'm trying to protect you. Um, you're going to get hurt by someone who is at a completely different place in her life than you are. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about Gail's reaction to all of this? I just think that like Gail is, is I think that she's having a moment where she's like, I'm losing my first baby. Yeah. I'm like losing him. He's about to go off to college. I'm not going to see him. And Dawson in her eyes is like the perfect boy. Like she thinks that he's like the perfect son. And like, I think that she's just having this moment where like essentially her life is restarting and she's about to have like a baby Maybe she's concerned he's not going to be as easy as a child as Dawson was. And he she's just having a hard time letting go. And I think that she's threatened. I think it's the tale as old as time where the mother is threatened by the her son's um, girlfriend. And I it's never it's always like a weird situation to talk about. But I've seen like kind of a lot of like weird, creepy things in my day. So I think that she's just having a hard time with all of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's I, I guess neither one of us are parents. We always say this. We don't necessarily understand what Gail is going through here. But I can kind of get where she's just like worried about Dawson, worried he's going to get hurt again. And also like not wanting to let go um, of Dawson as like her child. Right. Yeah. Like he's growing up. Yeah. And so she's just going through a tough time. Now, if I'm Dawson, I'm also pissed. Like, I'm embarrassed, right? Like, I'm already dating an older girl, and then you're making me look horrible in front of the well, mom. Like, yeah. can't like, we have this conversation privately? He's essentially, like, freaking grounded, like, right yes. in front of <laughs> freaking things. Uh, so, yeah, it is. It's it, it's totally embarrassing. It's, like, super embarrassing. I feel, like, very bad for Dawson. But also, he has to remember that under male I did it again under Mitch and Gail's house, not Mel's <laughs> house. He has to follow their rules, 
when he turns yeah. 18 and moves out of the house and he can do whatever the heck he wants. But up until then, he has to follow his parents' rules. And if that's a curfew and doesn't to prevent Dawson from getting sloppy like on his 16th birthday, oh my that's God. what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of there, I guess she should worry about him getting drunk because last time he did go to a club, that's exactly what happened. And he ruined his birthday cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So great. Oh, I, re- I want to rewatch that episode, honestly, because it's such a good time. I think that this that is literally one of my top 10 favorite episodes that Cause it's I've so watched. funny. It's, it's so funny. The funniest. And I remember yeah. a lot of people being like, ooh, like Dawson's like such a, a ass in that episode but i'm like dawson messy. was messy and hilarious in that episode yeah. i loved it personally yeah one of my top 10 favorite i forget what that what was the i don't remember title? the name of happiest it. of birthdays no that's definitely not the <laughs> oh i was like is that it dawson's um, 16th hilarious birthday episode let's see it's called Be Careful What You Wish For. Oh, I guess that makes sense. You make a wish when you blow out the candles. Episode two. Um, no, season two, episode 16. Yeah. Such a classic. A classic. A classic episode of episode. Dawson's Creek. Andy is so fabulous in that episode. It's so great. Um, all right. Well, let's go to a quick break here from our sponsors while we get set up to go on what I believe to be one of the best possible options for a date night. We will be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. All right, we're back. Date night, date night. I love date, date night. night. Okay, now actually, before we get into this, um, have you ever been in this situation before where either you were like fourth wheeling it on a date uh, of your of your friends? Um, I mean, there's three scenarios. Have you ever been on a date with your friend's boyfriend as a group? Have you ever? brought a significant other onto a group hangout or have you ever had your significant other bring you to a group hangout of his friends um okay third one yes so um when uh my husband and I we I don't we weren't married at the time we were just dating I think we may have been engaged I'm not sure um we went down to visit his family for Thanksgiving and while we were there, all of his like old buddies were in town as well because it was, you know, the holidays. And we went out to drinks with them. Um, and after we left, he was like, 
I'm so sorry. Some of them are awful and I just don't like them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll never listen to this, so it's fine. Um, and then um, I, I, I have not gone on a lot of like group dates. Um, well, this is barely a group date. Well, th- what happened here is, and I've done this. It's a hang. It's more so a hangout with your friends, and you bring your significant other into this. And it's also like a meeting of your right. friends. And meeting the friends is a big freaking deal. I know we have a bunch of guys, um, and also girls, of course, who uh, listen to the podcast. But when you invite your significant other for the first time to meet your friends, I just want you to know wholeheartedly, it's a big deal. We talk about it before oh, yeah. we talk about it after um you have to give like your approval it's like a big meeting so it's a big deal yeah. i don't want to scare anybody but it is i remember one time i met my friend's new boyfriend and i said to her he is good for a fun time but he's not husband material and oh boy, my gosh was i right i was right about that so did she appreciate hearing that in the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that. Flash forward like a few months. She's moving in with him. Flash forward <gasps> a few months. It's a terrible situation. Fast forward a breakup. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. A not husband material. I was. I don't know that, that I've ever had that situation on either end. Right. And then like the first I've- time I met um, my best friend's current uh, boyfriend now. Uh, husband i said he is a great time and he is husband material and then they got married there you go predictions made it nailed it um but i have done a group date like group hang i should say where it was like me and a couple of my friends and then my boyfriend like and this was the first time they were meeting them for mini golf Mm. specifically um, and which can be tricky because it depends on the group. I don't think this is for everybody. If you have like one person who is super competitive and the rest of everybody else is not and just there for a fun time, I feel like that's going to make for a bad vibe. Um, but in this situation, I feel like it's a tension breaker. I think this makes sense, right? Like Anna is like struggling. She doesn't know because there's a windmill and Yui is just like, hit the ball already. And Pacey's just like, you know what? Let me give you a hand. And so he like stops the windmill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, it's all about finesse. You have to loosen your grip and swing through. Um, and uh, and Anna's just like, you know, she's taking this advice. It's great advice. Um, yeah. And it's just like, Drew, Yui is an ass. And it's just like, I have a date later with the honey I want to be with. So gross and a honey with my the honey I want to be with. Creepo. That's what he said. Yeah, what he's a creep. creep. Yeah, and uh, and Joey. So he pulls out his like cell phone uh, to call or text or whatever his honey. Uh, and Joey grabs it from him, and <laughs> Yui says so one of the best lines of the episode. What exactly is your problem with mobile technology? <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem with mobile technology that's a great question yeah and joey joey says it's invasive and irritating just like you okay so i when what year do you think joey got a cell phone oh like, she was one of the last ones do you think to that, get like, one. she held out until like what yes. she like 2008 yeah how can she be going in college without a cell phone 
I, I, I just think she was like, eh, it's not for me. It's too invasive. Just wait until Joey finds out about fucking Instagram. She Joey prefers. <laughs> Joey like, prefers this is so invasive social media. Facebook, I would never. Yeah, Joey prefers to run to her locations rather than like getting yeah. a quick call on her mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sure great. she refused to get MySpace. Oh, there is no way you can't. Okay, you know how like there's some people that are like you cannot find on the internet. Like, yeah, no she's social media. <laughs> you can't google them you yeah. can't find joey potter on social media ever except for one article about pot dot dot or being arrested <laughs> that's how yeah. that's how you can find joey potter on the internet this tracks no. uh and so she's just like you better start being nice to anna and yui says oh you want me to be like pacey and she's like well that wouldn't hurt and Yui, of course, is a dick. And he's just like, well, he looks like he's enjoying himself. Look at him. And so, like, Anna at this point, like, makes the hole or I don't know. <laughs> she gets the ball in the hole and she hugs PC. Um, and uh, Yui's just like, oh, look at that. Like, look at how close they are because he's a dick. Um, yeah. And then we have, good God, Jack has decided to read to children at 7 p.m. on a weekend. Look at that. Um, and uh, and so Toby is just like, oh, oh, my God, you're here. Um, he's like, OK, great. Encourage them to sound out words. Help them through this. Blah, blah, blah. And Jack's just like, OK, like I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. ready to read to children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get back to that because now we have to get to uh, Gretchen's car. Where they, we immediately jump into the scene where Kira is talking about an impromptu kitchen counter event. Ooh. <laughs> just like sitting in the back, like, I'm what? Like, yeah, this, this seems like imp- an important thing to talk about. And Kira's just like, I, rec- I don't recommend leaving any sharp implements lying around. And don't forget about the chill factor. Tile is super cold. Um, <laughs> this is all important things to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so don't. So she's saying don't sleep with somebody on tile because it's super cold. It's super cold, and yeah. then she says, "Yeah, I agree with that. I would not sleep on tile. No, have sex on tile. I know. Sleep oh, with somebody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she says, "Oh, and then we're in the living room. We're already headed for the bedroom. But next thing you know, round two. He needed no recovery time. And like and I all of this happening God in front of twenty-one-year-olds." I'm as a as somebody who's with somebody who's in their mid thirties. They need like a, a seven year recoup time. <laughs> so I think that good for you, twenty one year olds. Have sex five times a day. Good for you. But is this a combo that you have when you're meeting someone's new boyfriend for the first time? They don't care. They're just no, they talking don't care. the shit. They don't care. Yeah, and uh, and Dawson's like, oh, it's it's fascinating, but he looks really like out of place and they're like oh Kira's love life is always fascinating and so then uh and so then um Gretchen is just like there was this guy on our floor total Dion Ferris freak he used to play this on his keyboard to try to impress us um and somebody somebody plays you know music to try to uh I remember in college (laughs) there's this guy that like used to yell out for a girl at the dorm room at the bottom like love what's that movie that you always talk about oh say anything say anything they would like 
<laughs> like I forget what the name was, but they would like shout out a name like Kira, Kira, talk to oh me. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like something they like always be like outside of the dorms, just like trying to like project their love like Romeo. It was very funny. Oh my god! Yeah. Good times. Um, I'm very annoyed about that. Um, <laughs> back to mini golf. Uh. Joey and Anna are sitting at a table and like PC and Yui go to return all the equipment. Um, and, uh, and Anna, Anna's talking about lipstick. She's like, there's this myth that most girls, like certain girls can't wear red lipstick. Um, because they say, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a total lie. It only makes people with yellowish skin tones feel bad about themselves, which is so mean. Okay. This is a very interesting conversation to me. And I know it's supposed to be like, oh, a, this ditzy girl is like very vapid. About. Yeah. I disagree. I think that this is a really good thing. And I will say to that, everybody can wear red lipstick, but there's different undertones of red lipstick there is a blue tone red, red. Yeah. there's a warm red an orangey red i think that everybody can find their perfect yeah. shade of red i gotta be honest and say this is the most i've liked anna this entire episode because she's right and not i feel like if we want to go one step further and maybe give her a little bit more credit than she even probably deserves this is a con this is a note about the makeup companies and how they market their products and the fact that they do not they're not inclusive to all skin tones right yeah like this is such a common issue of you go into the store and there's whatever brand and they have four shades of foundation yeah there are not four and, shades and of human beings white. in the world yeah. and they're all white yeah and so like if we want to give anna some credit She's totally right. Anybody can wear a red lipstick. And I'll go one step further and say, you wear whatever tone of red you want to wear that makes you feel confident. Like a red lip can go work wonders for confidence, I'll yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. When I'm wearing a red lip, I'm like, I'm a boss ass bitch and I can do anything. You do rock a red lip. That's true. I love a red so lip. I would say that yeah. this is an interesting conversation. And I think that the show is trying to be like, look at this girl. She only talks about red lipstick. Yeah, moron. they definitely are. Yeah. Uh, and so Pacey and Yui join them. And Joey says, we're discussing the beauty industry and how it manipulates and contorts the perception of ourselves in service of a capitalist economy. So, yeah, that's exactly what was happening. But <laughs> She's just, like, making it sound a lot smarter. When, yeah, like, but once again, like, the show's such a jerk. Because then they're like, look at Joey actually spitting facts because she's an intellectual. It's yeah. like, well, screw you, Joey. That's oh, like, Joey's helping. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but screw you, writers. That's what we should be saying. Yeah, it's um, really annoying. And then Yui is just like, "Oh, great, Anna. Why don't you tell us all about the whole electoral college controversy?" And Joey is just like, Sh "Yui, shut up." Um, and Anna says, "No, it's okay. I think people should be allowed to go to whatever college they want, as long as their parents can afford it. What's the big deal?" <laughs> okay, and that this was pretty is where, dumb, but I yeah. felt like it was kind of cute. I liked How it. did she get through high school without knowing what the electoral college is? I, very sad. I'm not going to lie. It took me a very long time to realize that, like, that when you vote, it's not. Basically, I did not understand that. You thought the popular vote was the only thing exactly, that counted. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it Which, took me a lot longer Because it makes the most sense that it should. Exactly. Let's not get into so that. I, but I, like, yeah. In my defense, I think that the Electoral College is very convoluted. And I don't know if I totally, like. No, but you knew it existed. Who knows? 
I think that I was Anna. Uh, to, now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it's making a lot of sense. Like, oh, my God. Anna. Oh, my God. Um, and so, yeah. And so then Yui makes fun of her. He says she has two brain cells and Anna calls him a jerk. Um, and Yui says, you're the one who ordered your daddy to arrange this whole night for you. Are you happy now? Unlike your nose job, I can't be bought. And it's just like, he's such a dick. He's such a dick. And Pacey's just like, okay, great. I think we're done here. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And Yui, of course, has to speak up now. And he's like, oh, it's so sweet. He defends the damsels in distress, especially the blonde ones, huh? He always does this. He's always doing this shit. Yes. Uh, and I love PC. PC saying, are we in agreement here that punching him in the face has now completely entered the appropriate zone? <laughs> yeah. I miss Pacey punching people. Remember when he got into like literal physical altercations? He's gotten into a lot of physical. Remember when Dawson got into the, physical altercations? I'm going to tell you, people, we, nobody is gaining points in this fucking season. <laughs> Nobody's gaining. Well, Dawson's gaining. Oh, you mean oh, you mean the draft? In I'm the sorry, draft. I misunderstood me yeah. again. Yeah, no, no they're all very lukewarm no kissing, attitudes right now. No one's having sex. No one's fighting. No one's yeah. doing shit. Yeah. No, no one's doing anything interesting. No one's getting arrested. Well, Jen got arrested actually. Did she? Is it technically? I think technically she did. What? When Jen did not get arrested. Wait, she wasn't got a seeking to. Uh, oh, she, get, uh, she got speaking well, to you're right school. she didn't get arrested anyway by the guidance counselor and mitch are you <laughs> the investigation i don't even think that the principal made that meeting so <laughs> just stupid like, just so like, dumb here's mitch <laughs> like, here we go oh my god uh and so yui decides he's gonna poke the bear even more and he said he asks pc how come beautiful girls who are dumb as a box of rocks will only put out if you tell them they're smart while the ones who are actually smart will only perform sexual favors if you tell them they're beautiful uh and anna's like oh my gosh this is my fault and joey says no it's not it's not it's not she says yes it is i can't believe i was so stupid i'm such an idiot i can't believe i slept with you dun, dun, dun. And, so she, and then like yeah. the show goes to commercial break like this is the most shocking revelation ever yeah and i love i love even pacey being like didn't see that one coming <laughs> but, <laughs> so but we all did i thought she was yeah. insinuating it the whole time yeah uh and so we'll get back to that awful double date but first uh we're outside the club and dawson (laughs) dawson is just like i've never felt so 17 in my entire life because his hand gets stamped by an under 21 thing not even a wristband not even like the black light thing no what we're going to I do feel like here... the stamp is a bad idea though because can't you just lick your hand and wipe it off like shouldn't you be giving the over 21 year olds something I gotta tell you like I have never once thought about licking off my under 21 stamp so no one <laughs> I don't just think saying. so Jessica what are you gonna do scrub it in the freaking bathroom absolutely yes that's why I think that they do wristbands more when was the that's last what time I'm you saying. got a wristband I don't go to bars. I went to. I got a wristband yesterday at the beach. <gasps> Aren't you the hopping and bopping thirty-year-old? Oh my! Like thriving my in your thirties, yeah, getting wristbands. I got a wristband yesterday at the bar. What kind I, of no, drinks did you get? I got margaritas on the beach. You always get margaritas. Uh, it's, I really like tequila, and I like tequila, and I like red wine. You're not going to re- drink red wine on the beach. 
right? That's kind of weird. Uh, I'm, that would be really strange exactly. if you did. So if, if I'm going to have a drink on the beach, I'm going to have a margarita. I had like a okay. time where I drank a lot of sangria. And? And they gave me headaches because there's a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> that's, what, that's the end of that story. Um, Amazing. So... Uh, <laughs> we're back at the docks and this is when um, Pacey and Anna have a conversation and Pacey's just like don't shed a single tear over that scum Yui uh, he's like a world class moron and she said well if that's the case shouldn't we be perfect for each other um, and Pacey says like you and I are the same neither one of us is good with books but there has to be something we're good at and she says I know what I'm good at men and he's like, well, I guess that's a good thing you figured that out. But there probably is something else. And she's like, no, I'm, it's always been the easiest thing for me. But Yui, I wanted him to like me more than for more than the way I look. And he says, you don't know that he doesn't. She says, yeah, but now I'll never know. I blew it. I fell into bed too easily. If I hadn't, do you think he might have liked me? And Pacey says, I don't, I don't know. I just met you. Um, but I can tell there are a lot of nice things about you besides just the way you look. And if you can't see that, well, that's his loss, not yours. I gotta say, like, Anna is going to find a guy that appreciates her. But instead, what we get towards the ep- end of the episode is that Anna's just still going to try with Yui. Yeah, this is dumb. It's a bad Why? moral of the story. It is a bad moral of the story. Ugh. I'm very upset about it. It's like... We'll get there, but it's upsetting. Anyway, in the club. Um, find me in the club. Find me in the club. Um, and Jessica finds out that the guy that she was, like, hanging out with has another girl. And he has another apartment across town that she's living in. I know somebody <gasps> that this happened to. What? Yeah, it's actually a crazy story. I know somebody that date was dating somebody for like 10 years and then he would be like, I have to go. And his place of work was in like Pennsylvania and he had like to go to his work often. Turns out he had another girlfriend in another apartment (gasps) and he would spend half the week with my the person that I know and half the week with this other girl. That's awful. It's insane. It's a special spot in hell for people like that. I know. I feel bad it's for terrible. Kira, whoever was experiencing yeah, Kira. this. Um, oh, no. Sorry. It was Jessica because she has one more for her loser list. Oh. Um, she has seven. Oh. And Kira has nine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Dawson's like, what's the loser list? Yeah. All the losers you've dated. And they're like, only the ones we've slept with. Huh. Yeah. Good for these girls. They're having a yeah. great time in college. Well, not good if they have seven or nine losers on their list. That's a lot of losers. I just want to know, is like everybody that doesn't work out on the loser list or is there like a non-loser no. list? No, I think it's it's and just a non-loser list, too. They said so. They said if we'd uh, included the ones we'd also dated, we'd be in the triple digits by now. So it's just guys, losers that they've slept with, but not dated. But is there a list of guys that they've dated but haven't slept with that aren't on the list and guys that they dated they have slept on and there's another list and then there's the loser list. 
I've lost track. There's too many lists now. <laughs> I'm a list person, to be honest. With you. I do have a good list. Do you keep a loser list? No. No. Yeah, I, I would. I would if oh I could. Oh my god, I wouldn't keep a loser. Did you list. ever see on TikTok these girls? These girls. These these ladies. These women. These days. Ladies who are young and living their best life. They have spreadsheets of. They're like tinder dates um uh, and who they hook up with and like how they rate them if they were like good and what they did for a job and their age and they have like a full like excel spreadsheet of these men from dates and stuff it's like oh did we hook up yes like will i go on another date maybe it's like good for these girls they're so women sorry they're so <laughs> they're awesome but they're never excel heard something that sounds like it would be my vibe and then quickly turns into something that is very much not something I would do. You have to lock that shit with the most obscure password that ever existed yes. in your life. Yeah. Especially if you're like also talking about what you did. Yeah. Like, like, oh, this one I did this. Q-T-U capital L five seven three four. Well, now you can't use that one. Yeah. Don't use that password. That's my password. And Gretchen assures Dawson he could never end up on the list. Uh, and Kira says she's not the best judge of men, but I'm sure it doesn't include you. You seem really nice. And Dawson is getting really irritated. He's like, why do people call people keep calling me nice? I want to be a bad boy. That's like in his mind. He's like, yeah. I want to be bad. Um, bad and Gretchen says it means you're not the kind of guy who would take me to a concert, meet another girl in line and then dump me, leading, leaving me to find my own ride back to school. And apparently that was loser number two. Uh, and Jessica says, well, he's probably no number six either. And Gretchen's just like, let's not you know, go through the list of this all this. List. If anybody yeah. wants to make a hypothetical list, I want to see this list. And then we find out about Gretchen's tattoo. Um, she has a leprechaun named Lucky tattooed on her hip. Good. I mean, do you like, is it like the Notre Dame? Um, uh, um, Notre Dame, uh, leprechaun? Because that's what I envisioned. I mean, I feel like any leprechaun tattooed on your body is not going to be cute. It's just me. Yeah. Just, it's a leprechaun. It's a leprechaun of all the things. Yep. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, Gretchen's like, oh, I'm never going to date another musician again. Uh, and Gretchen's like, but that's why I'm so happy I have Dawson. He'll never shred my heart. Um, which, again, I don't think Dawson is exactly happy to hear because he wants to be seen as a bad boy. He doesn't want to be seen he as the safe does. choice. A, he wants to be the bad boy. He doesn't like yeah. being called, like, safe or, like, you know. Yeah. Not going to do anything to anybody. He wants to be bad to the bone. Yeah. Um, and so then we're with uh, Jack, who's teaching this kid, Will, like, to read or whatever. They're reading a book together. And Will wants to write his own story. And so Jack's like, great. You tell me the story. We're only going to use words that you know, though. And then Monday you're going to tell it to your class. Yeah. Um, I it's think called this... Be Me to the Moon. Ooh, yeah. From a dream. He had a dream. If I had yes. to write a story based off my dream, then uh, as of last night, it would be about a story about me making grooming appointments for my two dogs. Wow. Because that's what I dreamt about last night. <laughs> it's not going to be a bestseller. Wow. Yeah, um, I really like this from Jack. I really like that he's great with kids, phenomenal with kids. He is. I think that he knows how to connect with them. I think that he knows how to get on their level. I think that he 
comes off like uh, as like a cool person that somebody would want to look up to. So yeah. I really, really love this scene from Jack. And then you see like Toby like with heart eyes in the background, like this is the perfect guy. He's calm. He's cool. He's kind. And he's hot in the background. And it's like, Toby, mm-hmm. step off, you know? Yeah. Toby needs to relax. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Boom. Can use that word. <laughs> use that in your beam me up to the space book. Um, <laughs> back to mini golf. Yui is hitting on two girls and Joey comes up and she's just like, uh, Drew, we have to talk about the baby. <laughs> I need you to take mm. responsibility and marry me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yui's upset with her. And Joey says, hell would be too good for you. How can you sleep with Anna and then treat her like that? Uh, and how does someone like you end up so, and he says, damaged? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm just lucky, I guess. And she says, you have this whole witty Yui routine you do, but it's a front for some scared kid who's desperate for people to love him and desperately trying to keep some sort, any sort of intimacy away. Yeah, it's a great read. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, she says it's classic first grade. Uh, If you keep acting like this, you're going to be walk through life alone. Uh, And Yui says, I'm not good with girls. I'm actually really bad with them. Um, and we find out he apparently spent his youngest years at an all boys institution. Um, so all he knows about women is how to uh, pick up, pick up or excuse me, pick on them or sleep with them. Uh, and Joey's just like, well, at least you're being honest right now. And like, you should work on that. Uh, and so <laughs> that's when you should work on that. You should work on that. I mean, that's bit. good advice. Yeah. And then you immediately is an asshole. And because Anna and Pacey walk in and he's like, oh, they look cute together. They have that warm, wondrous glow of two people who've had sex, not with each other, of course, separate. Oh, you get my drift. Oh, I forgot. That's a subject you know nothing about. I hate him. Yeah, he's, he's a jerk. He's a big freaking jerk. Leave my girl Anna alone. Um, you know what? I, I feel like this show really wants Yui to be a creep creep. I, I hate happening. Yui. Yui I think is it's happening. No, this is gonna be the worst. This is like the we worst timeline. We're going to have like uh, a new set of creep creeps, and it's going to include like Toby and Yui. I'm just gonna want to die. It's gonna be the worst. Oh the worst timeline. But I do like how <sighs> like Pacey comes over. And he they're talking about like the boat trip and she's like, oh, like I can never imagine doing that. Uh, And he's like, oh, you Joey's um, Pacey says you just have to find the right person to do it with. And he like grabs Joey's hand and kisses it. Yeah. Does does Will ever kiss your hand like that? Only in a joking manner because yeah, because we like to you're such a jerk. We like to um, we like to kiss. So we'll grab Winston, my dog's paw, and we'll kiss it. And then we'll go, oh, Shante. Drew and I <laughs> wholeheartedly, lovingly kiss each other's hand like that all the time. No, we don't. Only in a joking way. You like, how do you even show your love for him? Not in that way. How, like, do you just like, hi, I tolerate to you today. And then Will's like, oh, she's so in love. That's exactly what I say. I tolerate to you today. That's exactly what I say to him every day. It's terrible. Terrible. Your heart Isn't is it? black and in stone. Isn't it cute, though? Like, you should try kissing your dog's paws and then just going, oh, Shante. See how they feel about it. No, what it's Drew great. and I do is, and people don't give a shit about this, but I, <laughs> I sometimes, like, hold <laughs> Belle's paw and I said, 
I go, oh, like we're holding paws. Oh, yeah, I do that, too. And then usually she and then when Drew, whenever Drew tries, she always like pulls it away. <laughs> She's such an ass. And then she lets me hold her paw like, I don't know, like three times out of ten. So That's nice. You know, you gotta yeah. gotta get them to let you hold the paw. Um, so Jack is leaving, uh, the study sesh probably at like 10 PM, like, you know, when children actually should be sleeping. Um, and, uh, and he's like, uh, all right, next one, have another one ready. And, um, Toby's like compliments Jack. He's like, I've, I've never seen Will excited to come back. This is great. You got in there. It must feel great. And Jack's like, it does. I'm actually wired from it. Um, and Toby says, I'm meeting friends for coffee around the corner. Why don't you come? I promise not to keep you out late. And Jack agrees. And it's going to get real bad real quick when they get there. Um, but meanwhile, Gretchen and her friends and Dawson are leaving the club. And uh, they don't want to get back yet. They they want to hang out. Some yes. French fries and some black and tans. And it, when I was first watching this part, I was really nervous Dawson was going to be a whiny baby. But he does what I think is the best move. And once again, I was so yes. impressed by him. You guys have fun. Have a great night together. I'm going to go home. Don't worry about me. Like, you girls have a great night. Yeah. This is the best. You're so right. This is the best possible move is to say, you have fun. I'm going to go. I want you to stay out and have a good time. Yes. And I thought I was so impressed by Dawson because I feel as though yeah. old Dawson would be like, oh, you're like not even going to come with me. Like, yeah. Are you kidding? I guess like blah, 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 blah. But he's like, no, like go. You should go. And I think yeah. that is mature and the right choice. It doesn't matter if you want her to come with you. She's with her friends. She barely sees her friends. Go have fun. Have a great yep. night. I'm leaving. Yep. And then Gretchen's like, oh, take my keys. Um, we're drinking. We'll take the cab. You take my car. Yep. Boom. This was great. Very mature on both sides, I thought. I agree. Very. Um, very I was very impressed by this moment. Yep. Uh, and so Anna says, oh, sorry about the whole left turn from the right. <laughs> they're, they're like leaving. They're all getting out of the car. And she's like, sorry about the left turn from the right lane thing. And it's like, this girl needs like, who gave her a license? Okay, the one thing is that she kind of can't drive. That's the one downside. She's not but guess driving. what? Guess what? 17 year old Sarah couldn't drive either. So, <laughs> so you were Anna. I'm, you're still, I'm saying that still we're still Anna. on track that yeah. I am Anna. Yeah. And Yui, instead of being a dick, says these lanes, they aren't even really marked right on this part of Market Street. Oh, how nice um, of him. Yeah. And so Anna hands uh, them a stuffed bear and PC's like, oh, it was your quarter. And she's like, no, Joey would like it. Um, so everybody, they're all saying goodnight. And Yui and Anna have a moment together. And then, again, how the fuck did we get here where Yui's like, if we want to ever want to go out again sometime, you know, you don't have to get my mom to coerce me. She's like, I won't. I promise. Uh, and he says, thanks for letting me off the hook about not calling. Most girls consider that unforgivable. And she says, I don't, but I'm easy. And he's like, that's cute the way you make fun of yourself. And she's like, cute likable or cute annoying dits? And he's like, no, no definitely likable. And I'm like, how did we get here? They're just like, oh, Yui says one honest thing. And then suddenly he's changed his entire tune about everything. This makes no sense. Yeah, it does not. It's dumb. 
Yeah, I, uh, I don't know why where this change of heart from Yui came from. It doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're supposed to be pretending like we tolerate him, but sure. I mean, that's yeah. what they want to say. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, then we're at Mr. Brooks's house, and we see Grams and Mr. Brooks playing Scrabble by the fireplace, and we know how she feels about a fireplace, Sarah. She's really into Gram- it. Okay, so Grams, we know gets um horny by fireplaces she loves the wood she talks about all the different types of wood this is a hardwood this is a softwood it's a hardwood kind of night for grams pie um and uh and yeah so she she notices that mr brooks looks tired and she's like oh let's stop i should be getting home anyway um and he's like i'm kind of glad that leary kid stole my boat and she's just like we had met before um, you purchased two of my apple pies after complaining bitterly that they were highly overpriced. And he says they were peach and worth every penny. She says a compliment. Ten years late, but nice to have all the same. And again, I feel like this is a product of like he knows his time is is coming. So he's like reminiscing and everything. Um, And so she goes over. She's like putting away the Scrabble. And he obviously like has left all of the pills out for her to see. Like mm-hmm. he did. This was not on an this accident was a, this was a choice yeah yeah because it's like they're blatantly out there it's not like yeah. she hugged him and felt the pills in his sweater pocket you know <sighs> so i think that this is for his way of saying like this is what's happening and you're gonna have to accept it yeah yeah because she says this isn't funny um you've been hoarding your medication for weeks and he says oh, i knew new. she knows yeah. Well, I mean, like she probably does his laundry, and he probably like has like all these pills stuffed in his no, pockets. I, yeah. Well, no. The only reason she knows it's weeks is because of the amount of pills. I assume. Yeah. Just because she knows how much he takes. Exactly. And so he says, "I knew you'd understand." And she says, "How could I understand something like this?" And he says, "You know that living without dignity is not living." And she says, "This is in God's hands, Arthur. There's a natural course of events." And he says, as long as I can think for myself, I determine them. I mean, this doesn't belong in God's hands or in yours. It belongs in mine. With all your faith, do you really want any less for yourself? Mm. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and they say goodnight. It's Um, kind of, you know, I think for Grams, it's like this is ultimately his decision. And there's she can protest all she wants. But I think that she comes to an acceptance. It's like if this is the choice that you're going to make, like, I mean, yeah. And I think I have love for you. We have seen this from Grams before where like I feel like obviously the show has made it very clear. She is a woman of faith. She believes in her religious beliefs and all of that. Yeah. Um, But she has gone against I, I, I she wouldn't. I'm trying to think of the way to say this. She's not leading into the stereotypical response you would expect of someone of her faith. Right. Yeah. Like she. Uh, she does a bit but the minute he says this is in my hands as it should be like this is my life it's my decision she backs off and she understands you know and I think like that again is a huge growth moment for Grams because in season one I feel like her response would be different but she's very different now she's learned a lot and she's changed a lot um which again is a pretty big deal considering I feel like there's this old adage of like oh well uh, you know uh she's older she's not going to change her ways yeah um But yeah, and like obviously we're not going to talk too much about like medically assisted suicide or anything like that. I guess I would just say like I totally can understand where Mr. Brooks is coming from to not feel like yourself for whatever reason, right? Uh, Whether it's due to a medical condition, an illness, um, anxiety, depression, any 
one of those things I feel like can cause you to not feel like yourself it's really painful it's really awful to go through and like I can totally understand him not wanting to be the guy that people have to take care of and the guy that like needs help getting in and out of chairs and he doesn't want to lose who he is through the process of dying where I I believe based on what we hear from him like he's gonna die anyway and so he'd rather die on his own terms than die by you know waiting and waiting and waiting and and the slow painful death and so like I can understand why that's that way and I I love Grimm's reaction to it I just think that yeah. it's a very strong scene in this episode um that is kind of like amongst other stranger storylines in the you know and it feels kind of out of place but um I did enjoy it I thought it's an interesting storyline to again see on tv in the 90s I think it is too I think that I'm sure a lot of people felt very passionately about uh, this in general. I would say, I mean, like the most, have you ever read the book um, Me Before You? I don't think so. so I don't think so. Uh, Me Before You, there's a movie as well. Uh, the book is written by, I think it's like Jojo, uh, Jojo uh, something or other but um, it touches on the subject and I think it's like really interesting because like you get to hear Jojo Moyes Moyes um, you get to hear a perspective <gasps> of somebody who loves somebody who's going through something like I've, this I've read the whole it was like yeah. a trilogy yeah. right yeah, 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 I've yeah, read yeah. it yeah. I've read it so that like, book was very it's very good so like you yeah. you remember you hear like the loves one love one's perspective on it but you also hear the perspective of the person going through it yes so I think that's like an it's really tough book if to gain perspective on that and how it affects the world around you but then also it's like ultimately your choice um, yeah in this situation so um yeah and obviously it depends on the state and in, in where well, if you're in the this, states at all this, and where uh, you live place and... in britain and i think that they actually spoke on how he was able to oh yeah i remember specifically he had work. to like travel it was a whole thing i remember yeah um like but yeah specifically for dawson's creek i guess like it's it's, it's also it's obviously changing too with the the rules then are different than now mm-hmm. and, and all of that but mm-hmm. um yeah it's a it's a really tough topic obviously morally depending on how you lean um it, it's very tricky but i just feel like they held they handled it very delicately i thought on the show um, and I, I just really loved and appreciated the scene between Grams and, and Mr. Brooks here. I, I appreciate that it was those two, if not uh, him and Dawson having this conversation, yeah. um, because I think Grams being someone who's of older age, who has watched her husband suffer for a very long time and, and lose his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's someone who would understand a bit more. And I think that she would have a very real perspective on all of it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. I, I'm curious why they wanted Grams to go through something like that again. Um, but I, I mean, it's 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 super sad, it's super yeah. sad, the whole situation, especially because like, uh, you know, he Mr. Brooks was somebody for Dawson to rely on as well. Yeah. So, yep. All right. Moving forward. Yeah. So we're at the coffee house and um, and yeah, this is when they walk in and Jack now realizes he's on like a double date. <laughs> he's like, I thought we were meeting like friends. And he's like, I didn't know it was another couple. Toby's like, I didn't think that was important. And Jack's like, yeah, it is. It's a Saturday night. You want me to meet your friends? I'm thinking this is more than just coffee to you, is it? 
And Toby admits, he's like, I really would like it if it were. Um, and Jack's like, okay, well, is this whole tutoring thing because of me too? And Toby's like, maybe that was the reason that was like a big part. I thought it was just something we could do together. And Joe, I, I can't blame Jack for feeling kind of lied to in a way because like all of this was just set up um, to be with him. And Toby's like, well, Jen told me I should try to be your friend. So I'm, I'm just trying to do that. And Jack says, okay, friends are fine, but there's not going to be anything more. And poor Toby. Toby asks, why not? Um, which I think is like. Well, why not? Do you yeah. Think, why do you think that he's not into Toby besides the fact that Toby's kind of a jerk? I think that's it. I mean, I, if I had to guess, I just feel like they started off on such a rough foot that I think that jack is struggling to see toby as anything other than like that condescending asshole who was rude to him the first time they met um and so jack says they don't click uh, even if you want to change it you couldn't it's just the way it is i really wish we had something Jack's i don't a, know often a little black and white to be honest with you wait what's black and white i don't know he's like it doesn't click I don't know. There's just no chemistry for That's him. True. He's not attracted to Toby, you know. Um, and uh, Toby says, no, go keep tutoring. I'll find something else. And Jack's like, you know, forget I said it. And I do like this from Jack where he's like, we don't need neither one of us needs to quit tutoring. Like we can. It's fine. As long as you have problems with us just being friends, then we're good. Uh, he's like, I'll see you next Saturday. And it's it's kind of sad. Like, but like, I feel like maybe Toby should have been a bit more honest with Jack earlier um, because. I understand what he's trying to do, but you're freaking Jack out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He is. And I, I like Jack has his boundaries. and He's not going to like entertain this weird impromptu double date just to be nice. So it's like, yeah, like it's it's not happening. But I will leave the tutoring. And then Toby's like, no, like I'll leave the tutoring. And then they're like, no, we can both stay in the tutoring. Yay. Happy, happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dawson gets home. Gail's waiting up for him. Um, and he says he didn't have a good time. Uh, he thinks that she was right about Gretchen and him. And, and Gail's like, no, 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 no. I, I regret what I said. I was so wrong. Um, I have to let you go. And Dawson admits like Gretchen has more experience than I do. And Gail's just like, yeah, but it's important to see where it goes because she, clearly she really likes you. And the only way you're going to find love again is to put your heart at risk. Uh, which is when Gretchen shows up, like two minutes after Dawson. <laughs> She's like, as soon as you left, I felt bad and I wanted to leave. Uh, and uh, she says, uh, Gail's just like, we both agree that he'll never be number seven on any Ooh, list. Mom got Dawson's back. Yeah. 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 I thought it was a little, it's like mom's fighting my battles. It's yeah, like, that's mom, ridiculous. Mom, lay Stop off, it, Gail. Man. Stop it. Lay off. Uh, but Gretchen says her friends did like him. Um, and, uh, he says, oh, the age thing didn't bother them. And she's like, no, even if it did, I don't care what they think about your age. It doesn't bother me. And he says it bothers him. He wants to be able to do the things that she can do. I mean, this is the problem, right? When you're someone who is like 17, 18 and you're dating someone who can drink, invariably it's going to affect your relationship if you're going out a lot. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I think that it is kind of, this is the age that's kind of, kind of hard to to maneuver this yeah. sort of relationship yeah uh and so so yeah Gretchen says that she's doing what she wants to do she's with him 
Um, and Dawson says, you said I would never shred your heart. And you're right. I wouldn't intentionally hurt you. But I can't be the nice guy that you date after a bad relationship because there's no risk involved. I need to know that I've made some sort of impression. And she says, it's already done. Uh, and so they kiss. Uh, and uh, Dawson asks when he gets to see Lucky. <laughs> Just the leprechaun tattoo. Ooh, um, saucy. Spicy. Yeah. yeah. Where's the tattoo again? On, On her, her hip. hip. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. You Realistically, made, you... he probably could see it if she's wearing that That's exactly sweater. That's exactly what I was going to say, but whatever. <laughs> it's like... That's why Pacey didn't want her wearing it. It shows yeah, off lucky too much. Leprechaun tattoo showing, Gretchen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, yes. And so then we have Pacey and Joey at back at Pacey's place. Um, and Joey is explaining what happened with Yui about how he actually liked Anna and all of that. Um, and Pacey says, well, that freaks me out too. Why on earth would she give him another chance? She seemed like a perfectly reasonable girl. Um, and, uh, and Pacey says, sleeping with somebody you just met is totally reasonable. Well, you know, maybe it's a little rash, but to be perfectly honest, two people do something they both want to do. That's completely natural. I don't think that's crazy. And Joey says, unlike what we're doing. And Pacey asks, what are you talking about? And she says, it's the one thing we don't talk about, Pace. We have a problem. They do. And like, finally, finally, you're going to talk about it. They do have a problem. I'm ready to talk about it. Let's go. So uh, he says, we do uh, used to be this little problem that we could easily ignore. But by doing that, all we really did was make it bigger. And now it's so damn big. It's starting to obscure my view of you. And I don't like what Joey says here because it it feels a bit like she's uh, putting words in his mouth Mm -hmm. when she says, basically, you're saying if I don't sleep with you soon, we're going to break up. It's going to be all my fault. And he's like, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) He says, I agree with you. I'm saying we have a problem. This is something we need to talk about. Yeah. I'm not saying it's your fault. Um, and Joey says, it's not. We talked about this and you were fine with waiting. And he says, I have been fine with waiting. I've been scared too to sleep with you too soon. He doesn't want anything to jeopardize their relationship. Uh, he says, I'm happy that you and I took the time to fall in love with each other. But now we're here, Joe. This is eight months and counting. I just need you to know that if our relationship is not going to be progressing to that next level, it's not because of me. And she says, I want you. I really do. And he says, I need to know that. She says, I don't know what's wrong, but I just keep holding back. I'm sorry, but I'm scared. And he thinks it's good that she's scared. He says, I'm terrified, too. And Joey says, so can we be scared together? And I think this. But what does that mean? Like, we'll be scared together, but take the next step or we'll be scared together and be stuck in this like paralyzed limbo to me it sounds like she's insinuating like we should be scared while we have set like all right be scared together i didn't i didn't i didn't interpret it i didn't i mean i don't know for sure but that is my interpretation of when she says very vague i need them to say and maybe it's because this is on kate like you know standard television let's go to bone town on this date (laughs) like i need somebody to like be a little bit more specific but maybe they can't yeah, and this, like, I do like this where it makes sense, right? Where, like, they talked about it once early on in their relationship, and Joey was like, I'm not ready, we need to wait. And Pacey's like, okay, great. And then he never brought it up again because he didn't want to feel like he was pressuring her, and she never brought it up again because she was too scared to do anything. And so they've both just been sitting here not communicating with each other when they're both just very scared. Like, all of this feels very real to me. Like, this is definitely what a real relationship looks like, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, now that we talked about it, like, I do think that this was a more successful conversation than I felt like it was during my first watch of it. I felt like Joey always has the same problem. I just don't think that she knows how to put words to a thought all the time. Yeah. And I didn't really know if Pacey was, like, really listening to what she was saying, but... I mean, maybe, maybe it's okay. Like, maybe they're just trying to, like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. I, I definitely think that's what they're doing. I mean, they're not, like, Joey got a little defensive for a second and was like, we going to break up with me? Like, if we don't have sex right now? He's just like, no, but we need to talk about it, um, which I feel like is very reasonable. Um, so that's over there. And then, of course, Dawson, we end the show with Dawson going to Mr. Brooks's house and he finds him on the living room floor unconscious. Um, this is really sad that Dawson is the one who has to find him. Um, it really sucks. And mm-hmm. I feel for him like this is it's not a good scenario. So, um, I imagine the next episode is going to be dealing a lot with kind of the aftermath of this. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our episode. Hopeless. Yeah. I feel bad for Mr. Brooks. Yeah. It was a very, like, it felt like a lot of stuff was happening in one episode, but it was also like a lot of nothing. A hundred percent. It felt like there were some really important storylines, like the Dawson and Mr. Brooks stuff. And then who gives a single fuck about, like, uh, Gretchen's friends? Like, <laughs> like, and who gives a fuck about Yui and Anna? No one. Um, but yeah, that was, that was hopeless. Um, would you like to hear from our amazing friend, Temi, who sent in a voicemail? Yeah, of course. It could be better. It could be worse. It could be just different. That's the line. Mr. Brooks says it to Dawson when they're discussing if they want to make any tweaks or any alterations to the film or the picture, if they want to show it now. Doesn't that question really get at the heart of a lot of things? I mean, for you both, you're recording a podcast. Don't you ever think, what if we did it at a different time? How would I feel? Would I come up with some of these insights? I know you do a lot of preparation, so some things are necessarily going to be consistent, but other things are in flux. I find sometimes when you write something really great, whatever, for an assignment or just for fun, and wow, you think of something that, but I've thought about this at a different time. So I think it's a really interesting question. I think the show community really gets into it with paradigms of human memory when they showed um, clips from other episodes. We think of it as a fake clip show, but it also shows what else happens in the non-scripted parts of their lives, which is an interesting thing to think about what goes on and the parts where we don't see if you really want to get at it, which you guys kind of discussed with those creep weeks at the beginning of uh, the series. So um, in community, for example, they have a St. Patrick's Day parade. Would that be an episode that would be worthy of being shown if they decided to write it? It's an interesting question. Would it be just as good as the rest would it be different or would it be worse? We don't know. But we did see some of the clips. Yeah. What do you think, Jess? I think that's such a fascinating thing to think about. Um, and I think 
he's totally right right like we've obviously uh especially considering we're watching a show that took place in the 90s that aired in the 90s as well as boy meets world which we do the same thing with um the the life experiences you have are going to shift your perspective on everything right like we have completely different perspectives on certain things that we and we would have felt very different if we had watched them when we were 15 16 in a very different moment in our lives right um, which is why I think doing things like rewatching shows and, and seeing how things hit you now. I know specifically like um, people with children will say certain things hit them much differently now. Watching anything to do with like little kids hits them very differently now uh, as parents. So, yeah, I think that's totally spot on um, with what Temi is saying. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I think <clears throat> I oftentimes what I talk about in Boy Meets World is how I feel about or how I felt when I watched it the first time when I was a kid and a young teenager versus how I feel watching the same exact situation, uh, you know, 20 whatever years later with a whole heap of life experience. So I think that um, all of this is very all these perspectives are very like uh you know driven by our own life experiences and our own perspectives and certain things really get us going based off of uh uh what we went through and you know uh, oh i feel this way because i've been through that and it sucked or i was really sad uh in the i remember we were talking about you know joey visiting her mom's grave and um she hadn't been there yet and i was like i can totally relate to that because i went yeah. through the same exact thing so i think that uh, you know the great thing about watching television especially like a coming of age thing like this where we're like watching like a teenager and it's like you can you can relate to this type of stuff or um shows in general it's like you know that's why mm-hmm. we watch this type of uh entertainment because we can see a bit of ourselves in there absolutely i 100 percent agree um all right so would you would you like to hear next week's episode title yes please a winter's tale no clue <laughs> i can't even yeah. tell you i can't even tell you i guess we're still yeah. in winter we are still in winter um however we will not be alone in this cold dark winter of the show not in real life because it is effing hot um we will be joined by the one the only the amazing kimmy yet again Yay, we i'm miss so excited kimmy. we love we kimmy. Do miss kimmy yeah um so i am so excited to see kimmy again uh, she's going to be back with us next week covering season four, episode 14 of Dawson's Creek. Um, what can they hear from us in the meantime, Sarah? If they're like, this just isn't enough, Jess and Sarah on a podcast. We need more. Sure. Of course, our da- our weekly Boy Meets World, Dawson's Creek coverage. We have some like, really exciting things coming in terms of bonus content end of June and in July. And then over at PSR, we have... Uh, currently we are covering the time traveler's wife. We are on episode, um, five out of six. So it's, it's almost over. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, you can just catch us wherever doing whatever we're up to at shit 90s pod on Twitter and Instagram, www.shit90spod.com. I'm at Sarah Ferguson. 
amazing. I'm at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Uh, you can also hear me on Community Building over on Post Show Recaps. Um, hanging out over there covering Community with Josh Wiggler. It's been tons of fun. Uh, so check us out there. Um, and of course, definitely, definitely send us some feedback. We love hearing from everybody. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week with the amazing Kimmy to talk about a winter's tale. Um, until then, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Just ask. Shit 90 shows taught me. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.